What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and today we are going over the UFC Fight Night Grosso versus Shevchenko 2. Man, it's going to be such a fantastic fight and it's such a fantastic card. I can't wait to go over it all with you. So, if you're ready, grab your headphones, put them in, turn up the volume, grab a sandwich, and kick your feet up because here we go. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. I'm so glad you've decided to join us, either with visuals or with the audio. If you can see, I've got the green and red lights up because it's Mexican Independence Day for this card. That's why it's built around Grasso Shevchenko. I can't wait to go over some of these fights with you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's at T-Mobile Arena. It's a fight night. It's a free card. It does start at 9 p.m. like a normal pay-per-view would, though. So be on the lookout for that. Get you some early sleeping. Get some naps in. Whatever you got to do to stay awake. For these fights because there's sure to be some bangers on the card. Let's start out first and foremost though. We have a new middleweight champion and I didn't plan to do this. I didn't plan to jump into this but let's just talk about the freaking elephant in the room. The flies, multiple flies taking up every single wall. Sean Strickland just made Israel Adesanya look like an amateur and that pains me to say because I'm an Izzy fan. If you remember the, pack, the picture back there, I mean the passing of the torch from Anderson to Adesanya, I mean to... See Sean Strickland be as as uh, basic as possible when it comes to fighting with just literally throwing like one twos and a couple hooks. I mean, he he played the violin whenever all he had to do was like string a guitar. I don't know. I mean, he he made it look so so easy against such a tough opponent, such a great opponent, one of the best ever in Israel Adesanya. I want to talk about what's next for uh, Sean Strickland for a little bit real quick. I don't actually, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm throwing a teaser out. I'm going to drop a video later this week talking about what I think the UFC should do for the middleweight division. So be on the lookout for that. But again, and new Sean Strickland, middleweight champion of the world, did not expect to be saying that today on this video. Now let's jump into the fight night, Grosso versus Shevchenko 2. I'm going to be starting this out with a undercard fight. Normally I don't do that. But we've got Roman Kapilov versus Josh Frim on the undercard. And I believe that with this being on the undercard, this one's a super underrated fight. The, originally, this fight was Alex Hernandez and Roman Kapilov. And uh, that was going to be a banger. I think this one's going to be just about as good, if not better. We start out with Roman Kapilov, a three-fight win streak, all by finish. A couple in the second, a couple in the third, you know... They're all over the place, but this dude is a freaking finisher. He has 10 KO wins. Um, I believe he has 11 wins total, so if that tells you anything, I mean, the dude's a banger, right? He's got fast hands. He's got powerful kicks to the body. He's such a snappy, powerful Russian fighter that is ready to pick you apart and demolish you however he can, but his fight against Josh Friend is not an easy one. I, I think it's easy to get looked over, right? Josh Friend is coming off a win over Jamie Pickett just last month. He signed a new contract with the UFC. Remember us talking about that where it was like, you know, I know he'll get one, but he's going to have to fight some dogs or get some knockout wins or submission wins or finishes in, in general. Um, he has an 11-4 record, and he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. If you remember his press conference after his fight against Jamie Pickett, he said he was ashamed of his fight. He said he was ashamed of the way that he fought. He felt like he could have done better. Could have knocked him out. Could have submitted him. Yada, yada. Should have, could have, would have. You know, close enough in hand shoes, horse grenades, whatever. I don't know. But Josh Frim and Roman Kapilov is a good fight, but I think it's a tough fight for Josh Frim, dude. 
So my keys to victory for Roman Kopilov is those body kicks. If you watch his film, if you watch how he fights, this man can knock you out, knock you out of breath, liver kick the crap out of you with these body shots. He's got that eventually will set up head kicks, right? He be aware of the takedowns from Josh Fremd. I do believe that Fremd knows that he is out ranked outclassed in the stand-up battle in this fight, so I do believe he's going to be looking to get the fight to the ground. And on those pressures in, or those attempts in from Josh Fram, Roman, you need to be throwing some flurries. You've got some quick hands. You've got some powerful hands. As he's coming in, let them things go just just like that. So body kicks. Be aware of the takedowns and flurries on the pressure in from Josh Fram. For Josh, I believe you need to start taking out the legs. Throw some leg kicks. You've got good little snappy ones here or there. I believe that's the things that you need to be using in order to get Roman kind of off of his game, to get him to where he doesn't want to throw those kicks, right? You need to be able to slip some punches or some kicks and be able to wrestle, be able to get him to the cage or get him to the ground and go for the submission if you do get there. I believe that Roman has the better stand-up game, which is going to be that slight edge and advantage I think, for Roman Kopilov. So for my first pick of the Shevchenko-Grasso 2 card is going to be Roman Kopilov over Josh Fremd. Moving into our second fight that we're going to be predicting, Daniel Zellhuber versus Christos Yagos. Now, this is a fantastic matchup of just two well-rounded fighters. You've got Zellhuber, young guy, solid kicks. He's got forward pressure. He's good on the takedown defense. I think it's like 92% or 90% or something like that. So super high on the takedown defense. He's 13-1, and one, seven knockouts, two submission, and he is a hunter. If he smells blood in the water, he's going for it. He's like a shark. Uh, he's like a lion. He's going for the finish. He's going for the attempt to, I don't want to say kill you because I don't get flagged, but to get you out of the fight. If we look at Yagos, Yagos is a seasoned veteran, 20 wins, 10 losses, Eight wins by knockout, four by submission. He's fought some big names like Charles Oliveira, Gilbert Burns, Tiago Moises, uh, Armin Tusikarian. Big guys, big names that are huge fights. I do believe he lost every single one of those. Uh, but, again, it's the experience that matters in that, in that kind of realm. He's got these heavy hooks, heavy hands, big knees, and great wrestling that I think could be an advantage for him against the taller, lankier Zell Huber. If we look at the keys to victory, Daniel Zellhuber, you need to use those kicks to keep your distance. Looking at the stats, you've got a six-inch reach advantage or five-and-a-half, something like that. So you need to be able to use that. You need to be able to use that to your advantage. Keep Yagos on the outside. Be able to control that pace that you need to do. And that's my second key, control the pace. Yagos is a type of guy, he's ready to go. He's going to come in. He's going to try to take you down. He's going to try to knock you out. He's going to come in with flurries. If you can control the pace at your own fight and be able to control the cage and control how this fight goes, then it should go your way. And be able to read the takedowns of Yagos. Like I said, he's a great wrestler. So if you're able to read those and be able to defend those, maybe you can get the submission victory if it does go to the ground. Now for Yagos, again, with this six-inch reach advantage, you are at the disadvantage in that sort of sense. So you need to be able to get to the inside with your punches. Like I said, you've got heavy hands, heavy hooks. If you can get to the inside of, uh, of Zell Huber's length, then you'll be able to land some big shots. If you need to, look for the takedown. Like I said, you've got four submission wins. You've got great wrestling. So get in order to get that takedown, I would say you need to be able to catch some kicks. Now, 
Zell Huber has big front kicks. He throws some leg kicks, but he doesn't throw much up top. So you need to be able to grab the ones that are coming towards your stomach, flip them onto the ground, or, or just pressure him, run him off balance, and get him down to the ground. Now, once you get there, though, Zell Huber's got good, good submission game. He's got good transition. So what I think you need to be doing there is getting to his back, taking control of the position on the ground. When I look at these two, you've got like a, a seasoned veteran versus a newcomer in the game. Um, I think it's a really tough fight, honestly, for both guys. And for that reason, I'm kind of looking at those pros and cons. And I think Daniel Zell Huber has a little bit more pros when it comes to that reach advantage and the ability to control pace uh, than I think Yagos will with having to try and get inside and trying to push that. So my pick is Daniel Zell Huber over Christos. Yagos. In our third fight that we're going to be covering, I've got Charles Rosas Jr. versus Terrence Mitchell. Now, this is the return of Rosas Jr. after his loss in April. He fought on the Contender Series. He looked really good against um, Mondo, and I thought that he was going to be making like a huge impact, like an Ian Gary or somebody like that, but then he had lost his real first UFC fight um, against a smaller guy but was able to weigh him down and really tire him out because he came out super hot in the very first round. He's taking on a dangerous, well-rounded fighter in Terrence Mitchell. If we look at Roses Jr., he's 7-1, and one, one win by knockout, four by submission. He's a submission specialist. He's got fantastic transitions on the ground. His jiu-jitsu is beautiful like to a T he's also the youngest fighter on the UFC roster at 18 years old which I think played a little bit into that loss in April whenever he had the inexperience and tried to just rush in get to finish and get out right he thought that he was going to be able to do that but against a better older fighter he was not able to if we look at Terrence Mitchell with 15 and 3 six knockouts eight submissions he was on the Ultimate Fighter 24 where he lost in the very first fight to Kai Kara France and if you don't know who that is He's one of my favorite fighters in the flyweight division. I mean, he's a knockout special. He's a he's a dog, dude. He's a Kai Kara France is a dog, and I'm getting off topic. But anyways, uh, Terrence Mitchell, right? He was on the Ultimate Fighter. He has fast kicks, super fast kicks, and it's able to change kind of direction where he wants to go like that. That was oh, that was with the left hand. I'm I'm right-handed, guys. That was oh, okay, one and done. Um, but he has fast kicks that he's able to really throw you off and knock you out or knock you down or really just change up the trajectory of the fight with those. But he also has really good ground game. Like I said, he has eight submission victories out of his 15. If we look at the keys to victory for Rosas, catch a kick and get it to the ground. Again, you are a submission specialist. You're a young guy. I think you need to try and not rush this like you did in your last fight. And I feel like you're going to know, like you're going to understand, you're going to learn from that, right? So you need to be able to catch one of these kicks that Mitchell has and take him down to the ground. Once you get there, try to get to the back. If we watch this fight over Mondo Gutierrez, he got this beautiful body triangle in the first round, I believe in the second as well, that he was able to really control where they wanted to go on the ground because of that. I think you need to do something similar against Terrence Mitchell like you did to Mondo, right? So get to the back, get body control, and try to finish the fight on the ground in that instance. Mitchell. Keep it standing, right? Like you want to kind of do the opposite of the other fighter. So I believe you have a better stand-up game. You do have a really good ground game, but I think you have a better stand-up game. So keep it standing and use your size to your advantage. 
use your length, use your kicks, use your punches, use your speed, things of, and and even like your your knowledge, your your experience, your, you have double the fights than he does. Use that to your advantage, okay? So use your size, use your advantage of experience. Tongue tied. Anyways, third thing, be aware of his transitions on the ground. Like I said, he's fantastic on the ground. He's super fast in the transitions. I think that that's something you got to watch for if it does go to the ground because he is very sly, very, very slick in those type of movements. Looking at these two guys, they're evenly matched on the ground, I do believe. So the difference maker, what separates this fight is the stand-up game of Mitchell. And then because of that, my pick is going to be Terrence Mitchell over Charles Rosas Jr. Now, for this fight, the co-main event, I've called this fight, I called it for a while ago, and I, I, I was talking a lot today, and uh, I told him, if I call it, I'm going I'm to I'm say that because I'm smart, and hopefully one day they'll notice, like, hey, this dude knows what he's doing. So I called this fight a long time ago. I said that these two need to fight. It is a little early uh, because these two guys are on a tear. They're freakishly athletic. They're both, like, super good, and in their prime, I would say, and they're colliding in the co-main event. You've got Kevin Holland and Jack Della Maddalena. I To me, this is the people's main event. This is the real main event right here. This is what we want to see. These two guys. I, I'm just going to rant. All right, anyways, diving in. Kevin Holland has been on a tear in the welterweight division. He's 4-2. His two losses are from Steven Thompson and from Hamzat Shemaev on a late-notice, short-notice fight. Um... All of his wins in the welterweight division are by finish. He has an 8-inch reach advantage over Jack Della Maddalena. He's 25-9, 14 wins by knockout, 7 by submission. He's got fast punches and kicks. He's got the head movement of a freaking like that, like a boxer. He's got great clinch work that he can land knees and elbows in, and he has beautiful submissions. I mean, overall, Kevin Holland's game is one of the best in the division, and I do believe that, and I will say that for a very long time. If we look at his last fight against Michael Chiesa, he looked super confident and calm and actually ended up submitting Michael Chiesa with a Darce choke, if I do recall correctly. That was a fantastic, flawless performance that has set him up for a big co-main event with Jack Della Maddalena. Now, JDM is 14-2, 11 wins by knockout, 2 by submission. This dude is on a 14-fight win streak. He started out his pro career 0-2, and when he was asked, like, oh, well, what are you going to do now? He said, I'm going to try and get 10 wins as, as whoever I can, however I can, and now he's got 14 in a row. He has some crispy boxing skills. He's he's an old-school boxing fighter, right? Like, he's here, boom, boom, uh, I'm going to slip, body shot. Put me in the ring, dog. Anyways, he's great at picking his shots. He's got some crippling crippling body strikes that knocks people down by taking that air out by landing just repeatedly to that he's got really good striking defense and head movement but if we look at his last fight against Basil Hafez he it was really close and honestly it was kind of debatable which way it went it could have went to Basil it could have went to JDM and ultimately it went to JDM I think that not getting into conspiracies I'm not doing that I'm not doing it if we look at the keys to victory for Kevin Holland, you have to use your distance control. Like I said, you have an 8-inch reach advantage, and I think you use that with that long jab and some front kicks to the body or the head uh, to be able to keep JDM off. Again, he's a crispy, fluid, 
just technical boxer, if you can keep him away where he has to start trying to get out of that technicality, I think you can you can win there. Be aware of the body strikes when it gets in close. You are really good at the clinch game, and I think that's maybe where you try to get this game to uh, if it starts to get a little too dirty. But just beware that JDM can land body shots at any point in time. And if you need to, get it to the ground and use your submissions. I feel like you have that better ground game. You have better size. Uh, I think that that is a separator in this fight between the two of these guys, the ground game and submissions of Kevin Holland. If we look at JDM, watch for that takedown, right? You are a boxer. You're a stand-up fighter. And you have okay ground game, but I think with Kevin Holland, he's got that advantage. So you need to be able to watch for that takedown and be able to defend it when it gets close. Level change in your combinations. Body head, head body, whatever you got to do, make Kevin Holland wonder where you're going next. Don't be predictable. And keep it technical, right? We want to be able to stay in your comfort zone, stay in your your the, the your fight instinct, right? You are a technical boxer that has fantastic hands. I think that's where the way you need to try and keep this fight. If I try to separate these two, like I had said before, I think Holland's got the ground game and he has that ability to kind of dirty this fight up a little more than JDM does. He's looked better in his last couple fights. And I think that that is the separator. I'm going Kevin Big Mouth Trailblazer Holland over Jack Della Maddalena. And it's going to be close. It's, like I said, this is the people's main event right here. And now it's time for the main event breakdown. Did you like? That was... Okay, I tried to get real... It didn't work. This is a main event rematch of the last time that these ladies fought. Now, if you remember last time, Valentina was the 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 goddess of the division. She was on top for a very long time. And then Alexa Grasso steps in and makes her presence felt and gets the rear naked choke win in round four to claim the title. If we look at Alexa Grasso, the champion, she's on a five-fight win streak. She has this beautiful boxing and ground game that she was able to use against Valentina in the first fight. She's able to switch stances. She fights from South Paul to Orthodox and had a lot of success in the South Paul um, range, South Paul stance versus the Orthodox stance against Valentina last time. She has a really heavy jab as well. She's able to push you back, to punch you back, and being able to control where this fight goes or if you're continuing to come forward with that jab. If we look at Valentina Shevchenko, she was on a nine-fight win streak until her last fight with Grasso. She has these freaky fast strikes, and they're obviously super accurate as well. She is uh, as creative as a striker as possible with all these side kicks, spin kicks, spinning back fists, things of that nature that could sometimes get a little bit wild. And that's how Grasso was able to get the win, was catching that spinning kick and getting to the rear naked choke. She also has really good takedown defense. She was able to land a lot of takedowns against Grasso in the last fight, and I think that that is still something that she probably needs to use moving forward. For the keys to victory for Grasso, you need to be able to switch those stances. It showed a lot, a lot, a lot of positive things in the fight first against Shevchenko. You were able to switch from Orthodox to Southpaw and have a lot of advantages in that stance. So I think you need to still be able to go back and forth. You still need to be able to close the distance. Now, watching the fight the other day, re reminding myself how it went, 
You were a little predictable in your moving forward pushes and punches, right? You lifted that lead leg a lot um, instead of a little feint or something like that. So maybe start using some more feints in your attack versus being predictable. And you need to be able to switch it up. I think you need to be able to start with the body, move to the head. Then you need to use the legs and go to the head or the body. I think you need to be able to level change a little bit more in this fight because you know Valentina has been sharpening up her skills. If we look at Valentina Shevchenko, front kicks to the body and leg kicks are going to be your number one thing. Like I said, Grasso was able to move in pretty easily in the first fight. I think that's something that you need to try and not let happen this time. And that is going to be used through those front kicks and those side kicks and those leg kicks. Force her into orthodox. She had a lot, a lot, and I, I, I say this again, a lot of success in the southpaw stance in your last fight. So if you're able to use those leg kicks and take out that lead leg in the southpaw stance, then she's going to have to fight orthodox, right? So force her into fighting that conventional stance. And you were able to land a lot of takedowns in the last fight. I think you need to be able to do that again. So take down and ground and pound. You don't necessarily have to look for the submission, but I think you need to look maybe for the finish on the ground. This fight is close, and I really like this fight. If, if, you, if you haven't seen it, they made a whole new belt for this bout as well for Mexican Independence Day. It's like pink and blue and colorful. It's really cool, actually. Um, I think that it's a, you know it, it's cool, but it's a little weird. Like, why do that? I, I don't know. I get it. They're trying to just hype it up. Um, it's odd to me that this fight is a fight night because of these two, but I understand it as well because we just had a pay-per-view. Regardless, my pick... For this fight is and new, or and again, Valentina Shevchenko over Alexa Grasso. So let's go back over our picks one last time so you can put those into a parlay. We've got Roman Kapilov over Josh Frem, Daniel Zellhuber over Christos Yagos, Terrence Mitchell over Char Charles, what do I do? Raul Rosas Jr. We've got Kevin Holland over Jack Della Maddalena. And then we have Ann New and again, Valentina Shevchenko over Alexa Grasso in the main event. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the new lights back there, the red and the green, trying to get a little festive up in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So last week we went three for five. We're still over 500. I'm going to be trying to get some, some guest predictors into these episodes as well. Be looking for the YouTube shorts. Go subscribe to the channel. Uh, like the video. Share the video to all your friends, family, loved ones, people at Target. You know the deal. Just send it to everybody. I don't even care if you know them or you like them or not because I need subscribers. Um, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. All the links are below. And tell me in the comments who do you think is going to win the main event, or who do you think is the people's main event? Like I said, Jack Della Maddalena and Kevin Holland is mine. I think this is going to be a fantastic card. I'm glad that it's free, uh, and again, it is a late one again, 9 p.m. start time for the main card, so be on the lookout for that. Hope you have a wonderful week. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Oh, yeah, and I'm getting on an interview with my boy Ryan Collins to talk about an upcoming fight November 11th in Jackson, Tennessee. We're going to talk about being being a promoter, uh, what it's like to scout out people, how it is to make a card, things of that nature. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to drop that episode soon. Hope you all have a good week. I hope you have a good weekend. I can't wait to watch fights. I hope you do as well. Peace. I love you. Goodbye.